What's up, folks? It's me. It's me. It is Mr. Sensational Gino V. Mr. Sensational Gino Vega coming to you with a very special episode 88 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast. And folks, it's been a long time, as a man once said. I missed the last two weeks, and to be perfectly honest, I can't even really remember why. Um, Let's think on this for a moment. Last week, we were in the middle of an extreme heat wave here in the state of California. That's right. Um, uh, Temperatures reached as high as 115 degrees here in Napa, where I live in California. Um, Pardon the noise behind me. We have some um, after-school food being made. A, a true after-school special going on in the background. We'll get to that in a moment. But, uh, yes, yeah, so where were we? We had an extreme heat wave, and um, I, I begged off on the show due to heat. And uh, an astute listener, an active member of the Tens of Ones, an individual who you can find on the Twitter machine, I believe he is at, you know, the ampersand sign, at... Teen, T-E-E-N, one, numeral one, D-O-L. That is right, Teen Wundle. You may have heard me talk about Teen Wundle on the show before. Teen Wundle is an individual that I met. It's, it's actually wild how long it's been. I met Teen Wundle online. I have to say it was probably in 2009, which seems like kind of recent, but it was, what, that's like over 10 years ago. Known Teen Wundle for over 10 years, have met Teen Wundle in person once at a New Japan pro wrestling show where he could not be bothered. It was a, it was a weekend-long show. It was the, the, the most fun I ever had going into one of those kind of events, and I don't think I will ever have that much fun again just because the format, the way they do these things has changed. At the time, it was an early foray of New Japan professional wrestling, a Japanese-based uh, professional wrestling promotion. An early foray of them doing shows in the United States. And the way it worked back then is they came to the city of Long Beach, California, in Southern California, and they came for two days. So it was this nice weekend extravaganza, and everyone in the immediate area of the event was there for the event. So you'd be walking around, you'd be meeting other uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling fans. And it was before all that stuff had really blown up here. There was no AEW. There was only um, the wretched uh, company known as WWE. Don't want to get too far in the weeds on wrestling because I think other than Icy Robots and Wundle, I don't know that any other wrestlers know what I'm talking about or care to know what I'm talking about. But they're just... Within the last few years, a lot of wrestling stuff that used to be kind of more on the DL, kind of more on the on the independent scene. The as I was often accused of back then being into it, it was like the elitist hipster gatekeepery wrestling stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some of that has seeped into the mainstream. So they're, they're, it's much easier if you're into that kind of stuff to be out and about and find other people that know what you're talking about, know who these performers are. At that time, at the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling event in Long Beach, California, which I believe if you really want to look back in the IC Robots Radio's archive, I did a show the night before going to that event, if, I, if memory serves me correctly. Good Lord. So much background noise today. I apologize. That was actually that. If that came across the microphone, that was a message from none other than our station boss, um, IC Robots himself. Anyway. So as I was saying, so this New Japan Pro Wrestling event in Long Beach, California, some years ago, it was very magical at the time because it was like 
your first time as someone that was a fan of that crap, getting to meet other people that were fans of that crap in a contained environment for a weekend where everyone was there for the same reason. And it was in Long Beach, so it was like a fun town. There was like bars. You could hang out in between the shows. Great time. Um, I've never had quite that same experience with New Japan or any other wrestling since because it's just... uh, that sort of weekend festival feel, that's not really the way the shows are run around here these days ever since then. Like, New Japan will come and they'll just do some random show in, like, South San Francisco for one night. So it's not it's not as much of a destination event type of thing. In any case, I went to that event, as did Wundle. I met Wundle. It was a two-day event. How hard would it have been to go to both days, especially since he lives down there? He, of course, went to one day. Total Wundle. Uh, Wundle, the same individual that when... Um, the whole reason I met him is because he knew about my band the invalids his brother booked an invalid show in los angeles california if i remember correctly i've been saying that a lot on the show but hey the memory is getting iffy as the years go by here so if memory serves correctly as uh didn't the iron chef guy on the original iron chef show the the guy that owned kitchen stadium or ran kitchen stadium what did they call him Factoid Mary, get on that for me, please. What did they call the... Oh, the chairman. The chairman. Never mind Factoid Mary. You can you can sit down now. Uh, anyway, if, if memory does serve me correctly, I believe that the show that Wundle's brother booked for the Invalids was actually somewhere in the vicinity of where that other wrestling show that used to be a thing, Lucha Underground, was filmed. What do they call that place? Boyle Heights? I could be wrong. I feel like I came back years later and was like, oh, this is where we played a show. And someone was like, oh, this place is called Boyle Heights. And I told them, oh... This is where the Lucha uh, Underground Temple was located. They looked at me like, what in God's name are you talking about? And I couldn't really explain it. Um, And I can't explain it to you unless you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, Wendell's brother booked an invalid show. And this was after the invalids had not been a band for years. Uh, We got back together for a brief period of time. We went down to Southern California one time. One time. Never to go down again. Never will go down again. Assumed Wendell would be at this show. Wendell couldn't be bothered to go. This is how this guy rolls. He just, he's so lackadaisical about stuff. He, about stuff that he should be more obsessive about. I mean, he doesn't need to be obsessed about the influence. I understand that. But like the wrestling stuff, this guy's trolling me right and left. What do you think about this wrestling thing? What do you think about that wrestling thing? And I'll be like, I don't really like that anymore. And I'll be like, oh, that's dumb. You should like it. And I was like, well, why? And he's like, well, I don't know. I didn't watch it. Like half the time he's trolling me about stuff he himself does not watch. Or he'll parachute in and watch like one thing and then not watch it again. No, Wendell, if you if you are going to be real about this stuff, I want those eyes glued to the screen 24-7, watching every match, every piece of content that comes down the pike, reading every issue of The Observer that's ever printed, uh, listening to every uh, podcast uh, that has ever come down the pike. Or else, don't come at me, bro. And now we've got helicopters flying overhead and police sirens. Hopefully they're fading. I don't know. No, the helicopter's still loud. I tried to pause it and wait for a minute, but it's not going anywhere. So I'm just going to talk anyway. A cursed show today as far as the background noise goes. But why were we even talking about Wendell? Oh, because... So, last week, there was this massive heat wave, and I begged off on the show because of the heat wave. That was my stated reason. And Wendell caught on to the fact. This Wendell, he's a, he's a shrewd one. He's always out there uh, looking, for a, looking for a weakness, looking for a Achilles heel, looking for a little, little uh, soft spot in the armor to just, like, shove that lance right through. And uh, he's like, oh, I thought Mr. Sensational Gino Vega had air conditioning. 
And Wendell, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega does, in fact, have air conditioning. And during that entire heat wave, it never got warmer than 78 degrees inside Mr. Sensational Gino Vega's home. But here's the problem. Mr. Sensational Gino Vega did have to occasionally go outside. And the fact that it was 115 degrees made it so hot that even when I came back inside to his 78-degree house, I still felt drained of all energy, sapped of all will to live. Um, I also am not big into just... I, some of these people, I'll hear stuff sometimes that's so wild. So this is the first home I've ever lived in, I think, that has air conditioning. Uh, cooling. And I never set it to lower than 78 degrees. And I hear accounts from people that talk about, oh, in my house, the air conditioner's on like 62 degrees. Are you serious? Seriously? Really? That's so weird to me. I guess because I, I'm used to the reality. To, to me, reality is like, oh, it's summertime. You're going to be like just drenched in sweat sitting on your couch for at least two weeks of the summer. At least two weeks. Um, so 78 to me is like paradisical. Um, Plus, I tend to I tend to veer toward the uh, sheep side of things versus the lion side of things, as we'll get into more in a moment. Um, and you know, they say they say the powers that be, the 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 forces of dark Brandon that are attempting to control our every thought and action, say that it is better for our communal power supply, our power grid, to stay around that seventy eight range. And so I try to stay there to be a responsible citizen. I know that's not necessarily a popular move in this day and age, but I, I, I feel obligated. I, I, there's something about me. I just feel obligated to do my part, to do my duty, even though I'm not and have never been a cub or boy or eagle scout, but don't they do their duty? Do, I remember that used to, I found that so annoying when I was a kid, when the kids that were like cubs and boy scouts would be like, I do my duty and I do my duty and the honor and the duty. It's like, whatever, dude. But I get it. I get it. Trying to be a good citizen. So, Wendell, yes, I have air conditioning, but it was too freaking hot to be here blathering on doing a show like I am here today. We're at 76 degrees inside the house and 75 degrees outside. Whoa, so it's actually hotter right now indoors than outdoors. But, um, yeah, that was my main reason for not doing a show last week. Like, life was just bleak in that heat wave. It wasn't really that bleak, but I mean, as far as doing like extracurricular act curricular activities, it was feeling kind of bleak. I don't remember what was going on the week before, to be honest. In any case, I'm back this week by the skin of my teeth. I thought, A, I would have nothing to talk about this week, nothing at all. And we're already well into the show. I don't even know what I've been talking about, but hey, it works. This is, in fact, a show about nothing, so... Me pontificating about nothing, I guess, is par for the course for you, the tens of ones in the listening audience. Um, but yeah, today was kind of crazy. But I felt, again, we're going to go back to do my duty, to do my honor. To <laughs> um, I felt duty-bound to do a show after missing it for two weeks. It starts to get a little dire. After the two weeks, sort of like three strikes and you're out. You know, if I can't get a show in the can and out to you, the tens of ones on a third try in a row, eh, that's not a good look. If, I, if I'm going to be doing this show, missing one week here and, here and there is an inevitability. Missing two in a row, I don't like to have happen, but it happens. Missing three in a row, then that's like, is a show even a show anymore? Are we still doing this thing or what? And I would like to at least 
make it to episode 100. That's my goal right now. We're at 88, so we've still got a while to go. And I'm not saying I'm packing it in at 100. I'm just saying, no matter what, we're getting to 100. Um, more on that in a bit. Um, future obstacles. But but don't get it twisted. Don't get worried. Don't get concerned. I know. I know. Uh, Wendell's over there on the ledge. Uh, Engineer Nerd is, is about to tear his hair out. Um, tear his hair out? Maybe not. Um, <laughs> uh, so today I was all set. I got to do a show. There's no, nothing is going to stop me. Uh, what's that really annoying, um, song that's often used in commercials and movies? I think it's a queen song. It's like, no stopping, no stopping, no stopping. Nothing's going to stop at all or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, there was no stopping me today. We were going to do a show and, uh, I look at the calendar when I wake up. Oh no, before that. Before that, rewind, rewind with me now, Sunday night, Sunday evening at 6 o'clock p.m., I had an appointment. My whole family, my four-person nuclear family had an appointment, and that appointment was for the four of us to go to the local CVS. I was going to uh, say CVS and then say what CVS stands for, but then I realized I have no idea what CVS stands for. But CVS Drugstore, right down the street, we had an appointment at 6 o'clock for the four of us to go there together. Same time, same place, roll up the sleeve and receive the latest bivalent COVID-19 booster shot. I saw those were available. I wanted to jump on it. I'm pretty much... uh, uh, I don't want to say resign because I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. But I, I'm, I'm pretty much on board with the, this is like the new flu shot, you know. We're going to be getting one once a year or whatever. So I wanted to get this out of the way. I wanted to get it over with. I wanted to get the latest shot, the updated shot. So we went over there on uh, Sunday. Um, just like Mr. Trump, we got the booster. Uh, all four of us, which is nice because in the past, due to like how age restrictions and all that had been, we'd have to go to like different places at different times. This was easy. Now it's like 12 and up. Everyone in the household's 12 and up. Boom. Got that shot. Felt the, the power of dark Brandon just coursing through my veins. Uh, so Monday, Monday, I was feeling kind of like, uh, not bad, but just kind of out of it. Like I hadn't drank any coffee, which is how I felt not after all of the vaccination shots, but a couple of them. And this one in particular, I just felt sort of spacey, uh, fully recovered now the, the day after that. But yesterday, Monday was just not operating at peak capacity. Um, didn't get a lot done around the house. And then Tuesday today, when I woke up, knowing that I had to record this episode, I realized that I had overlooked the fact that today was a day where Various people were going to be coming to do odds and ends in our home. Uh, We purchased this home that we live in, Sensational Manor 2.5, as I've talked about on previous episodes of the show. We purchased this home and moved in last November. And in purchasing this home, which is a townhome, which is part of a uh, production homemaker townhome community, this company, Taylor Morrison, built the entire thing. Um, As part of being here, you have a year-long warranty um, on your unit. Um, 
you know, and after that, you have homeowners insurance, et cetera, et cetera. But basically, you have a year to point out, like, hey, you guys put this thing in wrong. Hey, this is weird. Hey, come fix this. And so we'd already taken care of a few odds and ends. Fortunately, thankfully, not the case for everyone in the complex, but fortunately in this unit, nothing major has been wrong with it. It's mostly just little minor, minor glitches, minor little adjustments here and there. Most of it has been fixed. A few weeks ago, customer service rep from the Taylor Morrison Home Building Company came to our home and did a walkthrough to look for any other nagging things that, that he thought we should get fixed or that we wanted him to look at to get fixed. And he put on the calendar that, okay, here's our list of final odds and ends. I'm going to have everyone come on Tuesday, September 13th. And at the time, I said, hey, sounds great. That's a while from now. I don't have to think about it. And now today was Tuesday, September 13th. I woke up. I was going to have people coming into this house. The house was a wreck. I did no cleaning yesterday. Uh, so I woke up. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and realized this. And so then I set my alarm and I got up early. I got up at 6 a.m., started going crazy, cleaning up the house. Guy, was, First guy was supposed to be get here at 11. He got here at 9 a.m. Super nice guy, though. Came in, fixed some stuff with some windows, um, fixed some stuff with just some, like, sealant and caulking in the, in the bathrooms, uh, fixed these squeaky doors. Um, but he was here, so I couldn't be recording. And I'm watching the day slip away. I'm watching the time slip away, the hours tick away. And I'm thinking, I need to do a show today, but we're getting further and further away from the prime window when no one else is home. And that fellow was here, and that fellow finished at around 1 o'clock, which is great. He went on his way, and I didn't know who else would actually be showing up today because this, 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 this whole warranty home fix thing, I mean, all like, I would say most instances of tradespeople coming to work on one's home tend to be a bit arcane as far as knowing when someone's going to show up, if they're going to show up. Um, you know, we uh, remodeled, our, remodeled our kitchen at our home in Santa Rosa when we lived there. And uh, Contractor was a great guy. Had a great experience with him. But it was always kind of like, well, yeah, I never, I was there because I was working from home at the time. So it didn't matter. But I was always like, is he really going to be here today? And some days he was and some days he wasn't. I'm not saying he was being flaky. It's just it's not like dealing with a, a service where you can like track when it's coming or, or know exactly how it's all going to work out. So the one guy that was here doing all the odds and ends, I knew he was coming and he did come. I thought that there also might be a fellow coming to look at some of our cabinets. But as the day slipped away, I thought, eh, maybe he's not coming. I can punt it to another day and worry about it then. But just as the fellow was leaving at 1 p.m., ding dong, cabinet guy. So uh, the cabinet guy came in. And uh, the cabinet guy was not a bad guy, but was kind of an edgy fellow. Like he was making these jokes, but I couldn't tell if they were jokes or if he was serious. Like he was trying to claim that like there's this one cabinet, this one drawer that was crooked that I wanted him to adjust. And uh, he was doing it, but then he's like, hey, amigo, I think you really bang the heck out of these cabinets. Like it was somehow my fault that I uh, that it was uh, broken and he might've been joking, but he might've not been. But I certainly did not bang that cabinet. It's always been like that. So I was just kind of like, <laughs> but he, where the other guy, where the first guy that came to do odds and ends was very, um, just kind of serious and quiet. This guy wanted to rap. This guy wanted to hang out. Um, so I ended up, I thought I was going to be able to get some stuff done. So then when he was done, I could immediately start recording. But as it were, I just kind of hung out with him, uh, shooting the breeze or listening to him shoot the breeze as, uh, 
he adjusted the cabinets. And then he was done, and uh, it was all fine, all succinct. But then, cabinet guy wanted to um, hang out further. So we, I kid you not, stood around in my kitchen for probably another 45 minutes as he... Oh, another message from Station Boss IC Robots. If you heard that. Uh, we stood around for another 45 minutes as he walked me through the intricacies of various home remodel jobs he'd done in the past, um, various famous nappins that he knows and hangs out with um, and drinks pitchers of beer with at this uh, bar called Downtown Joe's, which interestingly is like the one place in, in downtown Napa that, that I don't hang out at. That's not true. There's plenty of places I don't hang out at. But it, Downtown Joe's is theoretically in the sphere of the kind of place I would go to, but I don't go to it. Um but I kept thinking, okay, this is going to wrap up. This is going to wrap up, and it didn't. And I'm watching the I'm watching the, the the grains of sand slip through the hourglass, and I'm watching my window for recording this very special episode 88 getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and shutting entirely to the point where I had to give up on it, go pick up the kids from school, bring them home. We are now home where I'm recording. Hence the background noise, because I'm having to do it while people are home. They've all cleared out now at the moment, but when I was first getting going, there was some uh, after-school snacks being prepared. And I shouldn't complain, because Miss One, my 17-year-old, is actually making me food in addition to that. So I should, I should be welcoming the background noise. So thank you, Miss Two. Thank you for just now slamming that door. I appreciate, I appreciate everything you do for me and uh, the BLT that you are currently uh, preparing for me. So that was my brief 22-minute explanation for the state of today's episode that somehow has managed to come your way. Uh, against all odds, um, I was going to say beyond all hopes, but I, I don't think that's right because I, I, I would be hoping that I would be bringing you an episode. So beyond all hopes meant it happened even though I didn't want to do it, I guess. So not beyond all hopes. Um, because of all hopes, I guess. Um, this very special episode 88 has managed to come to fruition with all of those roadblocks, hurdles, trials, and tribulations in the way. Now on to other business. We are so remiss now due to my missing two weeks in a row on the subject of Engineer Nerd, a listener of the show, one of the tens of ones, friend of the show, friend of the network. I always mean to look up what his at is on Twitter, but he's, I, I don't know, it's just... Look at any thread. If you if you are familiar with this show, if you follow me, if you follow IC Robots, just look for interaction with Engineer Nerd. He, he's at something Engineer Nerd. I don't know. Engineer Nerd something. I don't know. You can find him. It's not that hard. You know how Twitter works. I'm sure you do. You're listening to this. You're an internet savvy individual. Um, that's always a funny thing. Taking it back one last time, I promise, to wrestling. Um, in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a subset of wrestling fans that were kind of the fans, the annoying, dorky, nerdy fans. I was one of them that that knew too much about what was going on in the wrestling business because at that time, still wrestling was kind of presented. Wrestling promotions like to present the product like 
here's it's it was kind of like magic you know like a magician doesn't want you knowing how how they do their tricks well wrestling you weren't really supposed to know all the machinations and backstage politics you were supposed to see the characters on the screen realize it was scripted but kind of go along with what was happening not know all the ins and outs not know all the inside baseball or inside wrestling as it were but with the advent of the internet everyone started talking to each other gossip came out bits and pieces of information that weren't hitherto available became available and so you had this subset of the really obsessed nerdy fans that knew all the inner workings of the wrestling business. And it was a fun time. It was an exhilarating time to be that kind of fan. I don't know that it was the best thing for wrestling writ large because at a certain point it became such a meta genre that now very few people just watch it to watch it and enjoy it. It's always about... You're watching what's on the screen, but really you're more interested in, I don't mean you, but a person is more interested in like the gossip. What did someone say about this guy on Twitter? What did this person do online? Blah, 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 blah. Um, in any case, back in the, in the 90s, early 2000s, people, dorks online that knew too much were oftentimes referred to as the IWC or the internet wrestling community. But there's still these old timey wrestler guys that complain about like, well, the IWC says this and the IWC says that. It's like, bro, and I'm talking to you, bro. I'm talking to you, Vince Russo. I'm talking to you, Eric Bischoff. There's no such thing as someone that's not both watching wrestling and on the internet anymore. It's just, it, just, it is, everyone's on everything. So I bring this to you because I say, oftentimes, even to this day, when someone's podcasting, they want to give instructions for how to complete something online, how to do something online. I'm sure you know how to find someone on Twitter, right? Am I right? I- am I right? I think I'm right. I think you like, and I think if I was talking about some website, I wouldn't have to give you the exact URL. I, you could Google the name and figure it out, right? Right? Okay. So anyway, engineer nerd on Twitter, you can find him. Back to the subject at hand. Some weeks ago, I began a countdown because Engineer Nerd had mentioned offhand that it might be possible for him to someday visit the Northern California area, visit Napa, where I live, visit Santa Rosa, where I see robots lives. He kind of might be able to do it, but uh, he might not. So I feel like the the carrot was kind of dangled out there. Although I don't think I see, or I don't think Engineer Nerd would uh, approve of carrot. So we'll say the the donut on a string was was uh, dangled out there, but then it just kind of pulled right back. A real teen Wundle move, actually, if you ask me. A little similarity, a little Venn diagram overlap between those two. Um, yeah, I can come out there, but I can't come out there. So I have decided. For those of you who've been listening to the show the f- past few weeks, we are going to do. A countdown until Engineer Nerd makes it here to Northern California, until he visits Napa, until we go to whatever, you, uh, what's the tiki, hey, uh, Miss One, what's the tiki bar called? Miss Two, what's the tiki bar called? Oh, what's it called? Oh, <laughs> that was a blown spot. Okay, until we go to the Napa tiki bar. Uh, until we we uh, hit a couple stoves at Napa Cigars, we are going to be counting down the weeks without a visit from Engineer Nerd. And I believe when last I recorded, oh, thank you very much. It's Wilford's Tiki Bar or Wilford's Lounge, as it were. Um, when last I recorded an episode, we were at two weeks without a visit from Engineer Nerd. If I'm doing math correctly, there were two weeks that I missed. So now we're at four weeks without a visit from Engineer Nerd. I'm probably somehow counting that wrong. He can chime in and uh, get the facts straight. But for 
canonical purposes, show canon, we're at four weeks without a visit from the great engineer nerd. Four weeks in counting, four weeks in waiting. I will say, in closing here, because I meant to talk about this two weeks ago, and now it's I'm kind of distant from it. It's not as immediate in my mind, so it's harder for me to remember how it went down and talk about it quite as much. But I will tell you about this strange episode that emerged out of uh, this whole engineer nerd countdown. The last time I gave him grief for, at that time, being two weeks without a visit, uh, he had um, posted something on Facebook about being a Midwesterner. And I often razz him about his Midwestern, his Midwesternness. Because just for me, in my life and my background, being Midwestern is akin to like being from Mars. I'm not saying it is. For, obviously, for someone that's from there, being here is probably could very well be like being from Mars, but I'm just, I'm someone who's never really been to the Midwest very minimally. Don't really know a lot about it. I've never lived there. Uh, there's very few Midwesterny things about my life or my lifestyle. Certainly not casting shade on the Midwestern lifestyle unless I'm doing so as an entertainment uh, part of the show and, uh, you know, as a, as a rib. But um, anyway, he had posted something about being from the Midwest. And so I was uh, excoriating this, this missive about being from the Midwest when I was giving him grief for not being out here for two weeks. And it was a list of, I think it was one of those like, you know you're from the Midwest if blah, 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 blah. One of those things was like you knew about something called Superman ice cream. And I did not know what Superman ice cream was. I thought maybe it was akin to like Peter Pan peanut butter. Like it was some kind of ice cream, packaged ice cream with like, I pictured a carton of ice cream with Superman uh, you know, opening his Clark Kent suit and showing the S uh, emblazoned on his chest on the side of the carton. But it turns out it is a flavor in certain regions of the Midwest, and it's like a mishmash of colors. I guess it'd be Superman colors, right? It's like uh, blue and red and yellow. Are there other Superman colors? I don't know. It's some bluish ice cream, bluish and reddish, and some other colors. Swirly, tie-dye looking. Um... I still don't quite understand. I've read like three different times trying to figure out exactly what it tastes like, and I still have not gotten a clear answer. I would actually very much like to try Superman ice cream, if I'm being perfectly honest. I I made fun of that whole, you know, you're from the Midwest wind thing, but honestly, Superman ice cream has remained in my imagination as part of my imaginal landscape ever since then. Not a day has gone by without me thinking, I'd really like to try that Superman ice cream. The few times I've been... At local establishments that serve ice cream, I've kind of looked at the tubs and like, ah, there's new Superman ice cream. I'd really like to try some of that Superman ice cream. There's something very inviting about the the, the color mixture of it. Um, and again, it's not. It's apparently not actually named after Superman. Like it was named. I, I don't know. I don't want to get into that. A Midwesterner can. I, I don't want to speak for a Midwesterner about the origins and uh, history of Superman ice cream. But in any case, a few weeks ago. Right before I was going to record the last episode of this show that I didn't record, so like two weeks ago, I took my car through a car wash, and I was looking at the gimmick soap stuff that uh, the car wash shoots on your windshield, and it was basically the color scheme of Superman ice cream. And I took a picture of it, and I think I posted it on Facebook, and I think I said... Look, engineer nerds, someone threw Superman ice cream on my windshield. But in fact, it was gimmick car wash soap. But here's the thing. Something very strange was happening to me during that event. I had taken the car through the car wash after picking up the kids from school. 
Miss One and Miss Two, who are both now at the same school. It's amazing. One pickup, same place. Boom. Picked them up from school, and as I was sitting out in front of the school waiting to pick them up, I suddenly started to remember something that had happened at the school, uh, a conversation I had at the school, an event that happened at the school, and it occurred to me, oh, that didn't actually happen. I'm remembering a dream that I had, a dream that took place at the school. But then it was very strange because I was at once back in the dream, but also still picking up my kids from school. And then I knew I had to get gas, and I knew I wanted to drive through the car wash. So we took a detour on the way home to go to the gas station that has the car wash. And as I turned right onto Lincoln Avenue, the street that I have to turn on to get to the gas station I was trying to go to, I realized I had no, I, I did not recognize this street at all. I'd never seen it before in my life. But I knew I, this, this is the way, this is the right way to go, but it's all new and unfamiliar to me. It was a very strange feeling. And as I was driving down Lincoln Avenue, Miss Two was telling me a story about her day, and I was lucidly taking in the story and understanding it, but I was having flashbacks from all these different dreams at the same time, but also not really realizing it was happening, but also conscious that it was happening. And then it's kind of like I would flash, like all of a sudden I would be in the present and know what was going on, but then I'd be in a dream world, very cinematic. And this was going on all through the car wash. And then after the car wash, we had to stop by Target. And I was, I was driving to Target. I was basically in another dimension driving to Target. And when I finally got into the Target, Ms. Two and I went in there together. That's when I re- really realized something strange is going on. And I was able to like clear my head and keep a lucid, non-dream line of thought for, for about a full minute in the Target. And then all of a sudden, I'd be like drifting again. And... Um, then I'd be able to do like two or three minutes. Then I'd be drifting again. And we got back home to the parking lot for uh, Sensational Manager 2.5. And I felt like it was an unfamiliar place. I'd, it was like, a, you know, is this my beautiful house? Days go by and the what? You know, that Talking Heads video. It was like that, but in real life. Like I was just bugging out. Did, did not know what was going on. By the time I got inside the house, I was pretty much able to maintain lucid reality. And I started Googling. Uh, these symptoms to figure out what could have possibly brought this on. Because I guarantee you it was no, we were not talking about psychotropic substances or anything of the sort. This came out of the blue uh, from, from nowhere. It turns out Mr. Sensational Gino Vega has been a sufferer of migraine headaches since seventh grade. So since I was about 14. Uh, around the time of 14, I started getting one once a month. And that lasted for a few years. Then I uh, got to a point where I kind of aged out of them. I could go for a few years without having them at all. Then every now on a blue moon, I'll get one. And then occasionally, lately, over the last like five years, I'll get here and there like a few clusters of them. For the most part, when these events happen, when these migraines occur, what happens first is I get a visual disturbance, visual distortion. It's like someone took a chip out of my vision that's now like a swirling, sparkly nauseating line in my vision that I can't see anything out of. It's very disorienting. And that's the main thing. And that lasts anywhere from like a half, excuse me, a half an hour to uh, 45 minutes to at worst an hour. But it's very debilitating. Then after that passes, the headache starts. And for me, the headache is not a big deal. It's like a tiny little headache. It's, It's the visual distortion is, is the horror show. That's the bad part. And then the next day I feel like I didn't drink coffee all day. Um, just feel kind of like woozy and out of it. Um, 
only one other time has something very strange happened. One time at uh, the last iteration of Sensational Manor in Santa Rosa, um, not the uh, um, rental here in Napa, but our, our home that we owned in Santa Rosa, I had a migraine headache. And uh, after the visual distortion passed, I was trying to read something, and I realized I could not understand words. Words made no sense to me. And this lasted for about 20 minutes. It was very disturbing, though. That's the only time something other than the visual disturbance, other than the headache itself, other than the feeling kind of worn out the next day has ever happened. But it turns out this strange dream flashback gimmick is, in fact something that can be experienced by sufferers of migraine headaches. So I hope to God it doesn't happen again because it was, in retrospect, it was kind of cool, but it was also terrifying and, and just very disorienting, very disconcerting. Uh, like in the time that it was happening, I was like, I, I felt like I was this person that had woken up, you know, in an in a artificial intelligence reality construct that I wasn't actually from. You know, I felt like I did not belong in my own skin. Very odd. And at the time, it felt like I don't think that I'm ever going to feel like I belong in my own skin again. Sure enough, it faded and I'm fine now. Very disconcerting, very odd. But in the midst of all of that, I had that wonderful experience of seeing what appeared to be Superman ice cream cascading down my windshield. And folks, with that, I will leave you for this week, four weeks in official show canon without a visit from Engineer Nerd to Northern California. We'll see him one of these days. We'll see him, who knows, eight weeks, 32 weeks, 64 weeks, 187 weeks, two weeks, 2,000 weeks. The world may never know, except you will know because one way or another, you will hear it from me here on the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast. Even if it takes so long that the podcast no longer exists, even if it takes so long that podcasting technology no longer exists, uh, I will find a way to record a very special episode and bring it to you, the tens of ones. But until then, it's me, it's me, it's Mr. Sensational Gino V, and for very special episode 88, I am signing off. <laughs> <laughs>